You're listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your hosts, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, and Nicole Galicchio, LCOO. We are here to provide you with a vital lifeline to executive advice that you've never heard before. We have the resources and the tactics to help you reach the next level. Whether you are just starting out or you've been in business for decades, listen in for exclusive tips and content to meet your needs. Welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average CEO Lifeline. Today, we are talking about avoiding the urgency trap. We have special guest, Dr. Jean Ausler with us a little later. Right now, Danielle and I are going to chat a little bit about how to avoid this sense of overwhelming urgency at all time. I know it is something that I've struggled with for years, and it's something that I put different practices into place in order to stop that feeling like I'm rushing through my day. So, Danielle, what kind of tips do you have for our listeners about trying to avoid this urgency trap, as we're calling it today? Yes. I think a lot of people uh, are in the same boat with the time stressors. I know that I've been there and uh, most of the people have listening probably have also um, been in a situation where you have a number of urgent tasks on your to-do list, but you also have something that's really critical that you need to get to you know, by the end of the week. And then they sort of have all these competing priorities and it just creates a really stressful situation. And I see this a lot as the owner of a virtual assistant company, because a lot of our clients will attend to things task-based just to get them off their plate. And it might be something that they're doing subconsciously just to kind of stay on top of the things that that they have on their to-do list. But the challenge is that when you're doing those types of tasks, they're not always the most impactful or important tasks that you're doing. And so I hope today that we get a chance to talk a little bit about some strategies to be able to take your day and stop, think about what you're doing and prioritize and and really learning the difference between important versus urgent, which is a very, very critical distinction. Yeah, I think that for me, there's also the urgent for today. And then there's the urgent that I've been doing or the important things that I've been doing over time that I'm, I can be delegating you know, they may be still urgent and I may still feel they're important and they really need my attention. But taking that step back to say, are they, like you said, impactful for the business? Does it really need my attention? How urgent is it? You know, I take it either today, what what's really urgent today, what's really important versus long-term, right? Because there are projects that are not just for today. And if you keep passing it off and passing it off one day, it does become urgent. So there's really a, let's talk about how do we fix the urgent trap for today versus long-term, right? Yeah. I think something that, that I do um, in my days that might be helpful because as the CEO, and you know, this as a COO, um, there are so many things that pop up on your plate throughout the day that are not planned and that did not fit into your calendar, you weren't thinking about doing them. Um, And so it's helped me to sort of put my tasks into a matrix or um, more like a quadrant and separating those tasks into things that I need to do versus things that I need to plan to do maybe later the week or even longer term later in the quarter, Uh, things that I can delegate to someone else on the team, or finally things that are either not important or 
and they're not ur urgent and I can just eliminate them altogether, maybe we can set up an automation to do that, for example. So for me, sort of putting my tasks for the day into those um, squares of the quadrant has been really helpful for me. I know that's helpful for a lot of people. I'm not, that's not my option. It's not my ideal, but I think it's also because my role is different than your role. I am very calendar-based, you know, my behavioral style is completely different, right? I'm very calendar-based. I'm very list-based, Excel-based spreadsheets, right? So my to-do list is on my calendar. It, if it's on my calendar, I know I can get to it. I time manage to almost the minute to make sure I can encompass everything for that the day. I know that things come up, right? There are fires that come up today, but I'm able to not forget my tasks and move it to another day. And my spreadsheets hold my long-term goals that I have up all the time. So I operate slightly different. I think my brain does the four quadrants, but my on paper is a calendar and, and spreadsheets. Yeah, and I think that, you know, hopefully what we learned today um, through our interview is how you can apply this to different working styles. As you said, uh, you and I have worked together for many, many years, and we have different working styles, and I think that's part of the reason it works. <laughs> we, um, you know, <laughs> mesh together very well in that way. And so I'm really interested uh, to talk to our guests today just about how it can apply to people with, with different working styles and how um, even entrepreneurs at different stages of their business can utilize this. It's, it's going to be interesting talking to Dr. Jean. I'm really looking forward to, you know, hearing an expert, you know, you and I have balanced our behavioral styles and our urgent versus important for, like you said, years, but to get an outsider's view and a specialist, because not everyone's going to operate like you and I, not everyone has our behavioral styles. It's all different. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it too. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what she has to say about what's important. How do we, how do we differentiate between what's important and what's urgent prioritizing right on a larger scale? We obviously know if something happens and it's on fire for our business right now, we need to handle it. But those repetitive, urgent versus important it's a little different. Yes, definitely. Let's listen to what Dr. Jean has to say and go from there. As an executive, we know that it can be difficult to manage your work-life balance, find time to tackle all the items on that to-do list, or determine next steps to bring your business to the next level. Virtual Assist USA is your solution. Whether you need someone to help you with those daily tasks, or you would like to speak to someone about strategies for the next steps for your business, we are here to help. Find us today at www.virtualassistusa.com to find out what else we can do for you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline. Today, we are talking about how to avoid the urgency trap. We have Dr. Jean as our special guest, and I'm so excited to hear what she has to say on the topic. Welcome, Dr. Jean. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the show today. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I am Dr. Jean, also known as the Results Queen, and that's because my clients crowned me the Results Queen because I'm all about getting results, and I have a PhD in business psychology. So talking about urgency, Dr. Jean, what do you think is the number one thing holding business owners back from successful growth? 
Do you think it's urgency? Do you think it's something else? Oh, it's always, so we're always working in the Stephen Covey box of urgent and important. And Stephen Covey always said that important, not urgent is what moves your business forward, especially in the, these times and where we are in our lives. Uh, urgent seems like if I can get stuff done, it makes me feel good. And the idea that really what holds us back is that because we're always focusing on the urgency of things, get stuff done. We don't really focus on the structure of our organizations so, and the growth that we're doing in our organizations. So the urgency is killing our business because all we focus on is getting stuff done. You're not focusing on bringing in new business and you're not focusing on the right structure to support that or vice versa, depending on how you're operating in your organization. I'm taking notes, uh, audience, I am taking notes today because I, <laughs> I can tell right off the bat that I'm going to have questions for <laughs> so I apologize in, in my pause and my thoughtfulness. Thank you. So how do you have your, or how would you tell our audience the difference, I guess, is step one, the difference between knowing if something is urgent versus something important? Ah, so important moves your business forward. Urgent is about getting things done. So our coach, Alan Weiss, would say, would you like to move three things a thousand miles or would you like to move a thousand things three inches? And most people are working on a thousand things to move three inches. And when you can focus on the three things, actually it can be three to five, if you can focus on those three to five things over a 90-day period, you will become much more successful in your business. You'll be a much better CEO because you're not driving your team crazy by going, let's move these three things this way and these three things this way and these three things this way. And then your leadership team is tired and burnt out and you don't feel like your business is getting where it needs to be because you're not focused on the things that are going to make a big difference to your organization. That's a, a great explanation of that, Dr. Jean. When we talk about things that are urgent and you know how that can really stall your progress and basically, you know, kill any um, chance you have of really moving forward. Why do you think that that dealing with urgency is is killing that process for businesses? Uh, because most when we're focusing on urgent, we are not focusing on the things that are important, period. Mm -hmm. So that and and what happens is, is that if we constantly work in urgency, um, the fact is, is that it doesn't allow for the actual I want to say, I want to say growth of the organization, but it doesn't focus on the things that need to be done. So think of it this way. You're building a house. You'd like a really great foundation and you realize you have to put in a really good plumbing system and a really good electrical box, things that people don't really see. Those things are not urgent because you're having a party. And so you really want the walls to be painted and you want to make sure you have the right furniture and you want to make sure that you have the right lamps so that everything looks amazing for your party, except you have a terrible foundation. You have no water and your electricity is kind of spotty. That's the difference between urgency and important because urgency in businesses tend to be, well, what came up today? What do we need to solve today? What do we need to solve in the moment? which feels good to us from what we call caveman brain. Caveman brain is our amygdala. It's our internal protection system. Think fight, flight, or freeze. And the whole idea behind that is that it's, it's, it's to prevent us from dying. So the fact is, is that a lot of things that come up that are urgent, we think, oh my God, if we don't get this done, something terrible is going to happen to us. And that's just our caveman brain making up a story. 
the reality is that organizations that are, at least all the organizations that we've worked on, that have worked on the important things, which takes time, it's not necessarily fun, not always rewarding, as opposed to check, 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 are the ones that tend to be way more successful than the ones that are running on urgent. And yet as business owners, we're always focused on what do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? What do I need to do now? And I, I think that's a trap that I see a lot of um, our clients get run into. And I really liked how you used the analogy about the house and the party. I think that really puts things into, into perspective, especially for our listeners. And so along those lines, what do you feel or what do you see is the biggest mistake that business owners make when they're planning out their tasks and sort of deciding what is important versus urgent? So what I say to our clients is we do uh, a 90-day plan. In fact, I've been running my company on 90 days. I run all our clients on 90 days. Uh, they're much more successful. And what's really great is that if when you're in the beginning of a quarter, you can sit down, literally take out like the back of your envelope or a napkin and write O and T. And that's opportunities and threats. And think about all the opportunities you have to be successful over the next 90 days and all the threats that you have over the next 90 days. And once you do those two things, and they can be, you know, like you could do the opposite, but often if you really are thinking about your organization, your opportunities and threats will be different. Then pick the top five, force rank them. Those are the five opportunities that you have. Those are the five threats you are. And based on those 10 items, what are your five priorities? No more than five, because our brains can't handle anything more than five. What are the five priorities with action steps? and who's responsible for making those five things happen over the next 90 days. And you don't have to crunch them all into 30 days. You got 90 days to do it. So figure out on your calendar how to make all of those activities happen. And then when you wake up in the morning and you think to yourself, what am I going to do today? Because I have all these urgent things. You say, okay, how do those urgent things fit into my important things? And if I didn't get that urgency thing done, what would happen to me? What would happen to my organization? What would happen to my people? And a lot of the times when you go that through that exercise, it's very simple. It's very powerful. You go, yeah, I, I, I need to work on this because moving the pencils around today is not going to make any difference. I need to make four phone calls to potential clients to get business into the organization. I need to work on those processes and document them so that everybody's following them. I need to deal with that rotten apple person because that person is the wrong person and the wrong seed in my organization. And I need to really go fire them. Well, as Alan Malley would say, I need to love them out the door. And those are things that we don't often do as business owners or CEOs. I have a question about that, Dr. Jean. I know a lot of, I know a lot of it can be a knee-jerk reaction, right? An email may come in and the business owner may think, this is a red flag. Let me get to it right now. Do you have any guideline that you use that's like, take five minutes before you react or take 15 minutes and think about it? How urgent is this? Can I delegate it? Should I react now? Should I wait and focus on something else? Do you have any guideline that you use? I do actually. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so the first thing is that the knee-jerk reaction is your caveman brain. So it's right. like, I got I to gotta take care of this right now. Most great CEOs are not looking at their email all the time. They will, we tell our clients, look at your email four times a day, um, you know, like at 9, uh, 11.30, 1, 3.30, and 5. I guess that's five times a day. 
And then that way, and you can put up a little message that says, hey, I collect, I, I, um, I check my emails at these times of day. If it's really important, reach out to me with a phone call. Because just because I send you an email doesn't mean that it's a priority. It just might be something that I'm getting off my desk. And now that I've received this email, I'm like, oh my God, I need to take care of this. So like, for example, um, I have a center of influence who gave me a referral. I reached out to the referral yesterday. He wrote to me this morning and he said, I'm free at this time. I'm like, okay, but I've been busy all day. Do I? And my assistant hasn't yet put that appointment on my calendar. Now should I freak out and put out, put it on my, on my calendar? Because what if he gives the time away and what am I thinking? Or did he tell me that's the time he wants? And you know, my assistant will send the appointment when it happens, right? Do I really have to interrupt my day for, to send an appointment? Or do I really have to interrupt my day? I, a lot of this happens, and this happens now, not so much with after with pandemic, but you know, people would knock on the door and can I have five minutes? No, you can come back at 2.30 when I have five minutes, yeah. right? I mean, we, yeah. we run a virtual organization. So we have, you know, like let's climb on a Zoom call, but we all see each other's calendars. What are you free? Can I, so- how, like, unless it's like hair on fire, uh, my largest client just fired us, which that would be an important and urgent situation. Most things are not important and urgent. And it's more about like, oh, I can just get it off my plate. I can get it off my plate and get off my plate. But all those little get off my plate things as a former process improvement person, it, you know, that one takes time. The next thing you know, you've lost 45 minutes and you can't get back into the activity you're looking for. So that's the method that I teach people. I love it. And I, I, when you take that 45 minutes, you're using your, your brain to then now have to switch back to what you were doing. That was important. And that takes time. You can't just always jump right back into your last thought and, and get hit the ground running again. That takes even more of your day up. So yes, yeah, I, research I agree shows with that, that. Yeah. Research shows that interruptions are like a really terrible thing. So as a CEO and everybody wants your time as the CEO, everybody wants your time. Um, although I have to chuckle because I was talking to another CEO last week and we were talking about uh, call, like call reluctance because people don't want to call, you know, salespeople don't want to call people because, you know, I'm interrupting them. And the CEO said to me, yeah, I've been sitting at my desk all week. No one's called me. No one's interrupted me. I would love an interruption. It'd be great. <laughs> I chuckled. So there you go for people who are salespeople. Just know your CEO might just love for you to interrupt them, call them. It's okay. Yeah. Right? But a lot of it's stuff that we just make up uh, because we're our cave membranes are looking to protect us. And it's just made up stuff that we follow. And we just need to think to ourselves, is that really something that's going to make a difference or not? I think if if everyone could hear um, this type of advice at the, the start of their business or the growth stage of their business, that would make a huge difference um, because I just see so many people making the mistakes that that you're talking about. Um, I'd like to talk about, you know, of course, how business owners and entrepreneurs, um, or if you want to share some examples with your clients, how they deal with urgency as it relates to profitability and as it relates to scalability. So just one comment I wanted to make about startups and growth. So what we find is that startups are really interesting because the growth cycle is I wonder, I blunder, I thunder, and I go under early stages, you're going to make all the mistakes. What happens is you start getting growth and that's when you need to have all this conversation. It's not necessarily in the beginning. It's when you're already growing because most organizations stop growing and that's when all the bad things happen to them. And we have a 
I have an organization I'm working with right now. Uh, they called us because they are on a growth trajectory. And they said to me, Dr. Jean, we have ignored all of these holes in our business as we've grown. And as we, can, we continue to grow, if we don't fix those holes now, they're going to be ditches. And if we don't fix them, fix them when they're ditches, they're going to be cannons. So we'd like to fix them now while they're just small holes. And that's really what you've got to think about when you're in a growth trajectory. And that's also, I think, answers a little bit of your scalability question and your profitability question is most CEOs want to continue to grow their company at some sort of pace. And if you are not looking at the holes in your organization and how to fix them as your train is only going 50 miles an hour, when your train is going 500 miles an hour, because it will, you'll be fixing it at 500 miles an hour, which is much harder than at 50. And the idea behind profitability is a lot of business owners and CEOs, unfortunately, look at top line revenue. I can't tell you how many companies we have worked with that talk to me about top line revenue. It's not about top line revenue. And it's not about like the biggest name that you worked with. It's about bottom line profitability. And what are you bringing home at the end of the day? And a lot of people don't know that. And many, I hate to say this also, but many CEOs are nervous to admit that they are not great in finances. So find yourself a really good CFO or fractional CFO and really focus on your finances to know exactly how much money is coming in, how much is going out, where are you spending the money, where is your return on investment. And once you think about those things and think about the holes, then you can scale and be profitable. Again, that goes back to that 90-day plan of opportunities and threats, priorities, action steps, and who's responsible, as opposed to just dealing with the urgency of like, oh. I need a new client today. What am I going to do? So if there's one thing that you can tell our listeners today to start doing, what would it be? I would talk to them about doing a 90-day plan. I would make sure that you had five priorities that you were working on. I would make sure that you had a great team. I know this is more than one thing, but I would tell you. No, that's okay. <laughs> I hope sure everyone is writing it down. Well, you know, if not, they're listening in the car. And yeah. <laughs> And you need a really good team around you. I find that people who are elite athletes, like the, and we call them elite corporate athletes, people who are on the cutting edge of their business or want to be on the cutting edge of business, they have a great support system around them, people, processes, uh, and ways of growth that are always constantly working. And if it comes out of, like, if it stops working, they fix it as opposed to ignore it. A lot of business owners are people who are working in the e-myth. You know, I, I was really good at this technically, and I never really learned how to run a, run a business. And now I have seven employees or 25 employees, or I have 100 employees, and I'm running this company. And holy heck, what am I doing next? So find a, find a system that will help you run the business, and that will make you a much better CEO, business owner, entrepreneur. How do you feel, Dr. Jean, that you became not your average CEO? What was your motivator? What was your kickstart to where you are today? What I really want to say is hard work. But that's probably not the advice that you were looking for. Uh, no, I like that advice. <laughs> I would I would have a similar response as hard yeah, work. It's hard work. Well, um, my I'm a I'm a, uh, a a daughter of a single mother, and she'd always say, "You have to continually put one foot in front of the other, and and just keep shuffling your feet forward." But that's not really the answer. And here it is. 
there was a period of time in my life where literally nothing was working in my business. I had been in business for quite a period of time and I had been doing really well and nothing was working in my business. And I met this woman, I, I often um, hired coaches at the time who were speakers. And so I met this woman who was speaking and I went up to her and said, would you coach with me? And she happened to be a mindset coach. And I started working with her. And then from there, I hired a Harvard neuroscientist to work with me as well to figure out how could I become a better owner, business person, mother, like I just overall person. And I've worked really hard on my mindset and knowing that it's never about me. It's always about the person across the table. And my mission is to leave you better than I found you. So how can I help you? So whether you're working with me or you're a vendor of ours, or a strategic partner or a client. It is always never about me. And it's always about you. And that would make me not a normal CEO. Do you think one of your coaches that you were just talking about gave you any advice that you'd like to share? What's been the best advice you've received to get you to where you are today? Uh, gosh, I've, I've received so much advice that I, I think about because um, we've always had, I've always had a coach in my business and I think about all the different things they've told me. And um, at the end of the day, you need to know what your strengths are, are and fill up the areas that are not your strengths. Notice I didn't say weaknesses, not your strengths with people who are smarter than you and listen to what they have to say because they will get you to where it is. They will get you to where you want to go. And most CEOs are like, I'm the CEO. I should know everything. I should be the person who directs everyone. And I don't think that command and control is really what works nowadays, especially with millennials and Generation Z. Yep. And in fact, with technology the way it is, you really want the youngest people at the table. You want the 13-year-old who can do your Instagram account because they're the ones who are going to be way smarter than you. So yeah. hire people who are really smarter than you and surround yourself and tell them what you want and get yourself there. Get your results. I agree. I agree. Yes. Um, my last question to you, uh, mm-hmm. as, as our podcast goes, uh, can you explain what not your average CEO means to you, please? Oh, that's someone who is an elite athlete. That is someone who is constantly striving to be better today than they were yesterday and even better tomorrow. There are people who understand and have great EQ of who they are. They understand and have a great EQ around the people that work with them. And they're people who are on a constant leveling up journey. They're learning, they're growing, and they're moving. And if they're stagnant in any strange, in any time of that journey, they freak out, take a breath and figure out how they're going to find the people or the things that will continue in their journey. That's wonderful. I don't think we talk about EQ enough on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it's really important, especially if you're a CEO or an executive that you have it and you recognize, recognize it and know your own and uh, I'm glad that you mentioned it and hopefully in future podcasts, we can talk more about it. Um, can you tell our audience, Dr. Jean, where they can find more about you? Yes. yes. Very simple. 
cavemangrain.com. We have free downloads that we use with our, with our clients. Um, we do both sides of the house. We do sales training and coaching, as well as the EOS system for structure. And uh, you can also uh, get free training or sign up for whatever you need to make yourself more successful. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful having you. I, I really enjoyed uh, everything you had to say. And I hope that everyone takes their important versus urgency and, and really take a look at what they want for success versus, um, you know, what sets them back. So thank you so much, Dr. Jean. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me today. What a wonderful podcast. You've been listening to Not Your Average CEO Lifeline with your host, Danielle Cuomo, CEO, Nicole Elves, Chief Operations Officer, and Cassandra Blake, Virtual Operations Manager. This podcast has been sponsored by Virtual Assist USA. If you would like to know more about the hosts or exploring virtual assistant services, visit virtualassistusa.com for more information free virtual guide magazines, access to networking groups, and much more.